You're listening to KZOM, Oleander Public Radio. We're going to talk with the mayor, because the mayor says he wants to have a chat. We're going to talk with the mayor, because the mayor says he knows where it's at. Hey everyone, it's me, DB, just speaking for the mayor right now. I'm, uh, I'm just letting y'all know that, uh, Halloween is still on, but in the hearts of children everywhere. Yes, Halloween has been canceled, but the mayor has declared 50% off all candy. Uh, just go, go wherever you buy candy, say, I want the mayor's special, and hopefully that'll be candy and not ammunition or liquor. It's 20% off on those items if you're the mayor. So just ask for the mayor's special on candy. And it's 50% off candy. The mayor has also decreed to any shop owners who sell candy for over 50%, you'll be locked up in the pillory out in front of Oblivion's Irish Pub and Family Grill. Oblivion's new home at the city council and the mayor's five-star restaurant... Welcome to Oleander, Oregon. The pie hole is now labeled as Mayor's Private Reserve and headquarters for the secret community council. Shh, the pie hole. Welcome to Radio Free Oleander, a weekly show showcasing the best of 11.30 a.m. KZOM, Oleander, Oregon. Thank you for listening. Your hosts are D.B. Spitzer. Hey everyone, it's me, DB, and Dave. Dave, how's it going? I am doing well. Yeah, how are and the yeah? Oh, the how are the goats doing? Oh, the goats are doing well. Thank you, but uh, congratulations on your new job. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Uh, kind of uh, quit the other job and uh, more of a promotion uh, from uh, assistant to comptroller. But I've come to find that. Comptroller is pretty much the same thing as assistant. I just make 50 cents more an hour. Well, that's something. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> and the so, hours. So, so you write the, you write the checks? No, 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 no. Yeah, um, no, no. As, as I said before, the comptroller goes to the liquor store, and sometimes I have to ride my e-scooter all the way up to Boring because they don't carry the good stuff in town sometimes because the mayor drank it all. And also, if uh, the mayor's feeling fancy, I have to buy him a super-duper fancy, uh, I don't know, golf shirts or, uh, I don't know, uh, go all the way down to Sandy and, like, look for aviation glasses for him and such. But, yeah, no, it's uh, pretty much the same thing. Um, There's a weird thing, weird thing. Um, I have to replace any lost artifacts... Or I also uh, have to oversee any major uh, civic projects and a bunch of other weird stuff that the mayor's like, ah, I'm too old for that. You should do it. And I'm like, all right, I'll 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 stand in for you there. So um, now I'm going to be required to go to all of the parades, even if we're not supposed to cover them. <laughs> well, I'm sure that with that lost artifact or anything, nothing like that is ever going to come back and inconvenience or cause us problems in the future, right? No, probably not. Probably not at all. Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> so, especially in October. Oh, man. It is so boring here. I've been going out to the highway just to watch cars drive by. Everyone's, like, pumpkin spice latte and, like, raking leaves and filling, like, big pumpkin bags and it's i don't know it's oh man even like uh the goths they're like even like just kind of like i don't know halloween the chambers family the chambers family they're just being kind of like not that interesting i haven't had to chase them out of the graveyard once i figured october they'd set up tents or something you know people just sort of shut down for october and they act the dreaded n-word normal (laughs) <laughs> yeah. you know e- e- even people that i would consider are like normal on my wavelength and mm-hmm, i'm a nerd mm-hmm. with goats so you know even 
you know, people that I would consider normal on my mm-hmm. level, like like Darcy. She doesn't even, you know, she doesn't even make quips. I say something, and she doesn't, you know, make fun of me or anything. You know, that's kind of our thing. Yeah, I you know, it makes the D and D games kind of boring. I, ha- I haven't seen the drone out lately. It's like everyone's just kind of like normaled out, and it's like, oh, this is weird. It's starting to get to me. <laughs> Well, you know what? The, know what the weirdest part is. What's that? Have you have you gotten coffee at Speedos? I generally brew my own, but what's what's going on at Speedos? So so uh, Pierre uh-huh. normally you know he's in the kiosk with sure. just you know his Crocs and his Speedo. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, he he's wearing a sweater and we... blue jeans. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Just yeah. Oh uh, uh, yeah. This. People just get burned out of weirdness by October time here, I guess, and they just try to act normal. Huh. All right. Well, I hope things liven up in November. (laughs) Oh, oh, I'm sure they will. So. So. With that in mind, Mm -hmm. since nothing interesting is happening in in Oleander in October, I thought maybe we'd talk something past. Okay, sounds good. so. So I thought we'd talk about Oleander's own urban legend. Ooh. Now, you, you grew up in, in greater Portland, right? Yes, yeah. So when you were growing up, did you have urban legends? Oh, no, no. We had real serial killers. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So so I grew up in Ventura, California. Okay. Or Ventura County, California. And so when we were all out camping... Mm-hmm. There was the legend of Charman. Ooh. I don't know if you've ever heard. No. And probably just a, and so it's the official, if you can say that, Ventura County uh, urban legend. Okay. So the story is that in the 20s or the 30s, there was this guy out camping. All right. And, you know, he was out by himself and he was making a, you know, a fire to cook. Mm-hmm. Besides, he wants the fire bigger. So he pours gas on it. Ooh. But, you know, the fire comes up the gas, uh-huh. and the gas can explodes, and he catches on fire. Oh, no. And his whole body catches on fire. Yeah. And then he runs into the lake uh-huh. and, and puts the fire out. Oh, geez. So, so I'm the, like this tenderfoot scout, right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You know, 14 or whatever you are when you're a tenderfoot scout. And, and they, you know, so it's the older scout's duty, duty to tell me this story to, to scare us. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, wait a minute. I, so, the, so this guy, I should, so he, he's in so much pain from the fire that drives him crazy. Mm-hmm. So he runs around living like a bear, and he comes out and he grabs campers and kills campers in their sleep. Right? Uh-huh. Probably should have mentioned that part. Okay. So, but so they're telling this story, and but I'm 14 year old. Yeah. You know, and this is the 80s. I'm saying, well, wait a minute. <laughs> so this guy is completely burned, and he probably can't move. And it's like 40 degrees, and it's cold, and he's 60 or 70. I'm chubby little Boy Scout. I can outrun him. It just <laughs> wasn't scary. But, you know, that was the Ventura County, uh, you know, scary story that everybody had to tell all the Boy Scouts. And even I was like, that's not scary. I could outrun that old guy. <laughs> so Oleander has a story. Sure. And this may be like rest of Oleander is a little convoluted. And so we're going to go from last month to the 30s. But um, so 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 bear with me. And if I get too off on a tangent, you'll be the the audience surrogate and you pull me back on place. Sure. So um, and again, this probably isn't going to mean a lot of people who don't live here in the Oregon Triangle. Mm-hmm. But you know how on the farm is on Quantrill Road. Mm-hmm. And then you go down Quantrill Road, you take a right, and it is on Tracy Road. Mm-hmm. And it runs into Seven Hills Road. Okay. So right when it runs in, it tees into Seven Hills Road. There is the farm... Uh, of my friend uh, Bjorn and Sven and Sven mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and so 
um, they're the you know they're the, I've, they're the ones that found the goats. Yeah, and I have really grown to kind of like these guys. Mm-hmm. So you know they always wear those blue coats and those over and that conical red hat. Mm-hmm. That is because I found out they are elders of the uh, Orthodox Norwegian Church. Okay. In fact, they may be the only elders of the Orthodox Norwegian Church in all of Oregon or the United States. Interesting. But that's their clothing. And if you notice, if you've driven by their house recently or last month, they had a bunch of crosses. Okay. And so on their crosses, it has almost – it's like a cross with, you know, the little club-like on the tip. And it has – it almost looks like the Burger King sign. Okay. The BK, but it's actually – and it literally is the Bluetooth sign. Okay. And do you know where where we get Bluetooth for for uh, telephones? Mm-hmm. Do you know where we get the name Bluetooth from? No. So Bluetooth was invented by a, a guy from Norway who mm-hmm. worked for Nokia. Okay. Who was really into history. And so that BK, you know what I mean? That sort of BK signal that sounds with Bluetooth? Mm-hmm. That is the signet or the, the the symbol for Harold Bluetooth, who is the first Christian king of Norway. Oh wow! And so that so he was like really into history. So when he made the the design for the Bluetooth, and and people who are thinking that I'm making this up, I'm not. You can go online and look it up. Sure. So, so that's where that that like I said to me, it's always been like the Burger King signal uh-huh. uh, symbol. But that's the, the Bluetooth signal is on their, their crosses huh. because in honor of the first Norwegian um, uh, Christian king. Okay. And it is the sign to basically wait, ward off evil. Hmm. So they bought that property about three years ago. All right. So up until when um, – oh, crap, his name – yeah, yeah, Crap. Uh, I forgot his first name. But the guy who Crap River's named after, he's mm-hmm, the guy mm-hmm. who surveyed uh, most of the town. Okay. Uh, K-R-A-P-P. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he surveyed out all that area. The farm that I'm on, mm-hmm. you know, he he surveyed out this. But mo- that area, that their farm, is was owned by the Manley family. Hmm. And if you – so if you're going – not turning left like you're going into Sandy – or Seven Hills, mm-hmm. but right next to them to the right, there's, you see, right in front of all those Christmas tree farms is um, is uh, the Pavel house. It's all ruined. Hmm. So Manley's, and, and they're still, Manley's are an old Oleander family, and mm-hmm. they've been here for a while. There's still a lot. Um, uh you know Bud, who washes uh, dishes in Oblivion. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he, he, yeah he, he, his mom's a manly. Okay. Um, and uh, and and I can't say which one because she doesn't use her real name. Mm-hmm. But uh, one of one of the girls that works at the uh, the gun rack, mm-hmm. uh, she's a manly. Okay. Don't ask me how I know that. All right. Um, but um, so it's an old family. So the manlies were even bigger back then. Mm-hmm. And that so that, that was their property. The property next to them was bought by in the 30s by a man named uh, Pavel Gre- Gregor. Oh, okay. And Pavel Gregor was a farmer slash botanist slash mad scientist from Russia. Okay. And he gets kicked out when the the Bolsheviks come in. Ooh. And so, so now I'm going to jump a little bit. Have you ever been to the Benson Hotel? Have you ever been inside the Benson Hotel? Oh, uh, in, in Portland, Portland. I'm trying to think Portland. if I have or not. I think I have. Okay, so there's this beautiful pillars, yeah, covered with wood, mm-hmm. and on the wall, and that is now Benson. Benson was, you know, Benson among other things, he's the one that built all the water uh, fountains in Portland. Are yeah. still there today. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and Benson was probably. Richer than the, than Heathman's, he was probably the richest man in Portland. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he, he wanted the best hotel ever, so he did not waste any money. You know, he—I mean, he didn't—he didn't—you know—he didn't hold back any money. Mm-hmm. He used every cent. 
but he wanted these walls, this Russian wood, mm -hmm. uh, and it's called uh, Circassian walnut. Yes. The trees are extinct now. In fact, mm -hmm. they were extinct soon after he got this wood from Imperial Russia hmm. to, to build the walls and the, and the pillars. And the thing about this wood that's supposed to make it special mm -hmm. is if you're looking at the colors and the knots, people are supposed to see animals in it. Hmm. I didn't. I mean, to me, yeah. it's just well, wood. But, you know, but people, it's supposed to make you think of wood. Hmm. And this was the most expensive. So, so after spending thousands and thousands of dollars in, you know, 1913, Benson almost balked at how much it was going to cost him for this wood, but he went to do it. Within a decade afterward, the trees all died. Okay. So, so this this guy um, Pavel Gregor, he apparently has some of these trees or some walnuts, and so he is going to attempt to grow back these uh, Circassian walnuts. And this is in 1930. Thirty-ish. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So the, the trees, I think, have been dead for about a decade or so. All right. um, uh, uh, Benson got his in, like, 1913. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, so this guy, um, uh, Pavel Gregor, he's kind of a strange person yeah. for Oleander. He has this long hair and this long beard, and he's walking around with ropes. And they start saying this rumor. That this guy is Rasputin. Ah. Now this is we got to remember. This is that they just made a movie about the murder of Rasputin. It was the mm -hmm. first, so it was one of the major movies, first movie lawsuits. Sure. So this guy's not Rasputin. Yeah. Now there's only one, but people start saying, "Hey, he's Rasputin," and so they start getting these rumors. So there's only one photograph of Gregor Pavel. And it's from his back, and yeah, he looks like a hairy guy. Yeah. You know, um, and for those of you who don't listen, uh, I'm one of only two members of the Oleander Historical Society, so I've been digging through this for uh, grab some pictures. So he was a real, so just like all good urban legends, he was a real person because I found the documents where he paid taxes. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. there was a real person. Then all of a sudden, he gets a daughter. Full-grown, you know, 19, 20-year-old daughter. Mm -hmm. So she came from the motherland. And she's supposed to, there's no pictures, but she is supposed to be the most beautiful woman ever. And and the city is, you know, everybody, all these guys are just trying to hang around their property. Mm -hmm. and, and he comes out and he tells her, no, that she, she has some sort of rare tuberculosis or something. Hmm. I'm immune to it. But if you come on the property, you're going to die. Well, remember, their next door neighbors are the Manleys. Mm -hmm. So there is, through a hole in the fence, Jack Manley, which is, you know, their, the 20-year-old son. Mm -hmm. He's just looking at He falls in love with this woman. And she comes in, and they can't basically be with each other. Mm -hmm. But they talk at the, you know, they talk between the fences. And it's sort of this Romeo and Juliet, and they fall in love. And they, and she says, well, you can't because I am sick, and I will make you sick. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's and young love, well, I don't care. Our love will conquer disease and germs. Sure. So, so, okay. So this is how we know it's an urban legend. Because the story, when the people tell you the story, so all of this that I've told you so far, we can pick up from you know, stuff. But now the story changes perspective. Mm -hmm. And so it's like a movie. So we start, the rest of the story is private conversations. Uh -huh. There's no way we can know the private conversations, right? Sure. So the private conversation is, yes, this guy is Rasputin and that he has created this daughter and she is the Bella Donna, the deadly woman. Okay. So he makes basically half plant, half human, perfect being, huh. but he wants to keep her pure. Yeah. So he makes her out of poison. So if she touches anybody, then they'll die. Hmm. 
And so Rasputin, so, so you know, she goes up to her dad and says, Rasputin, your dad, you know, that's it. I love this guy. I'm going to run away. And he says, well, you can't because you're pure. If you touch a man, you won't be pure and he'll die. Uh, and she says, okay, well, then I'm going to kill myself. I'm going to kill you and I'm going to burn down all your trees. And so he says, okay, okay. So I can't change you. But what I'll do is I'll send my minions because, of course, he has minions. Sure. We'll kidnap Jack. We'll bring Jack over here and I'll make him poisonous like you. Hmm. And that way, the two of you can be together. And, and she, okay, she's happy with this because she's in love and she doesn't care that she's doing her true love, you know, to never talk to another human being. And but so they they kidnap Jack. Sure. And he wakes up and he's got all these scars. Or and Rasputin or or uh, you know uh, Pavel says, you know, this is it. You can now be with my daughter. So he's excited. He doesn't care that he's poisonous. He rushes out. He kisses her, and he dies. Oh. And then Rasputin it's ha 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 ha. Because I'm evil. You can tell <laughs> this is an urban legend. But I have broken your heart, and now you will obey me, Donnie. Oh, wow. He knew nothing about teenage women who immediately stab him, kisses all the minions so that they die, and then they burn down all these, the last of, the, the, of these uh, uh, crustacean walnuts. Whoa. Um, and so, as near as I can tell, mm-hmm. nobody has lived. You know, on the 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 Gregor property since then. Sure. And it's actually owned by the city. And there is a Jack Manley, um, and he uh, who is buried, you know, in glorious uh, Resurrection Cemetery. Uh-huh. Uh huh. His death certificate is listed though as tuberculosis. Okay. So, but um, so as the legend, so. So what happens is the Manleys kind of spread up uh, in the 60s and 70s. Mm-hmm. That property is bought up by pot farmers. Uh, marijuana is made legal in Oregon. Mm-hmm. So they kind of it's, – it's no longer profitable for them. And uh, they give up the property. And then uh, my friends, um, you know, uh, Bjorg and Sven and Sven, uh, they bought the property. Okay. But this, the story is – so the, the daughter is – uh, Lillian, uh, Lillian Gregor, well, they call her Cobra Lily because uh, – oh, who was the botanist you had on the last month? Oh, uh, Heather Art Anderson. Yeah. Well, you know, she said, you know, that that's one of the local carnivorous plants. It, it, so that's where the name Cobra Lily comes. Mm. And so from the 30s on, there's these stories of this sort of beautiful female form – but once you get into the moonlight, you see that she's more plant than person. Because her heart's broken, she wants to poison all men. Ooh. Um, no evidence that happened. But so, you know, my friends, you know, Bjorn and Sven and Sven, mm-hmm. I, I, you've, you've seen them, right? They're like 95 pounds, just four foot nine. Yeah. They're afraid. I, who admittedly is overweight, they're afraid that... that that I need to be fattened up. They're, they're, <laughs> I, I love, I love uh, Orthodox Norwegian elders because they're kind of like Jewish mamas. They keep bringing me, you know, lutefish and they say, you know, you got to eat, Dave, you got to eat. So, or you're just, you're going to become skin and bone. So, you know, their heart's in the right place. But then, so nothing's happened in October, but in September, things started happening strange. Hmm. It's like, you know, the trees, all the trees in uh, the old uh, Gregor estate, the wind's blowing out of the north, but the trees are are, are blowing, are swaying north, they're swaying into the wind. Yeah. And they claim to hear someone calling out uh, in a woman's voice and in Old Russian. I suppose they know what Old Russian is. I mean, mm-hmm. they're from Norway. Uh, so that's why we see all these uh, Norwegian Orthodox um, crosses uh, on their property. Okay. And, huh. uh, and but you know, they've, nothing's happened. So yeah. we'll check in on with them on September. 
I, I mean, in November, but mm-hmm. you know, everything seemed to have stopped in September. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, so that's that's the that's the official uh, oleander urban legend. Whoa, that's pretty crazy. I mean, that's oh, oh, only one so far. I'm I'm sure there's others. Well, that's the that, that's the. I'm sure there's plenty of others. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, up next we are going to have part two of the interview that you did with uh, Mila. Yeah, and I'm very proud of this, and I'm very proud of what Mila says, but we'll just sort of give a, a, a little bit of a, a, a warning here uh, that it gets very intense. Yeah. Uh, and where things where uh, she shares experiences being a woman of Middle Eastern descent Mm-hmm. Where someone threatens her life, yeah, and and I'm very grateful uh, for uh, for uh, Mila Pixie Rose for being so open and yeah. being so vulnerable, yeah. Uh, but uh, a, a little bit of warning: this is a very intense interview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it is. It definitely is. And here we go with that. And as we said. Um... Mature, intense, warning, suggestion. I don't know what else to say, but here we go with that. And after that, um, a complete tunnel shift. Uh, Dave and I will be talking about pumpkins and gourds and how to use them in D&D. All right. Well, we'll, you'll hear from us after the break. You're listening to KZOM, Oleander Public Radio. So welcome back. This is Radio Free Oleander, and this is Farmer Dave. And we had such an amazing guest last week with Mila Pixie Rose that we have asked her to come back. She talked a little bit about growing up and how being a Muslim and a a witch has really defined her. But she grew up in in Kansas in the Midwest, and now she is in the beautiful, not-so-sunny town of Portland, Oregon. So, uh, Mila, welcome back. Hi, Dave. How are you? I am well. Thank you for asking. Now, Portland likes to think of itself as a very open town and sort of understanding. But um, do you get a do you got a lot of understanding uh, from people in Portland when you when you let them know you know what you believe? Um, (laughs) I. Wow, I guess I have to be honest here again in this interview. <laughs> well, we appreciate that. I I love Portland. There are great human beings here. Um, I do have to say there are a lot of white people who think they're great. But they're not. Um, but if I can't say that, I will say also, I just have to say there's a lot of people that think they're great, but they're not. Well, and that's true. Cut it. You know I'm so honest, Dave. You are honest. Have you ever seen a TV show or read a comic book called Stumptown? I've heard of it, but I've never, I've never, I've never watched it. No. And I've, I've never read it either. It's it's written by a guy who I've, I've interviewed and talked to a couple of times named Greg, Greg Ruka, who lives around here in Portland. and, And he, his main character is Dex. Dex, and she is a a gambling addictive 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 detective, who um he he explains that her heart is in the right place, but she doesn't always do the smart thing, and he said that's my vision of Portland. Its heart is in the right place, but it doesn't always do what it should. Yes. Okay. I that I that's that's Portland. Yeah. I've met a lot of people, especially in sex work, who were either white privilege, white passing, mm-hmm. um, or white people um, who could have used their voice to help me in times of need. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's I won't really call out sure. names 
of course, or like the places I've worked because I don't want drama, but it's just, it's, it's, I have one friend, um, and I will out here if this is okay. Um, actually, let me see what their Instagram is because they are the only white woman that really has been on my side here and has like listened to me really. Uh, throughout my career here in Portland when I came back from Denver. Uh, and for those of you who didn't didn't get a chance to listen to our interview last week, Mila is um, Arabic. Yes, I'm Arabic and um, also American. And so I'm mixed, but um, I believe when I do allow people to know I'm Lebanese, they see that and that's all they see, though especially people who who might just be racist, you know? <laughs> and so, um, I don't know, my friend Jalen the Rose um, on Instagram, she helped me a lot, and she's someone I would 100% support as a sex worker. Um, as a sex worker, yes. Sorry. And now, Sorry. one thing that we didn't really mention much last week when we talked is you have a a podcast and it's called Horcraft, correct? Yes, I have a podcast. I just renamed it Horcraft, and um, I'm going to be editing the logo and everything um, soon and posting new podcast episodes very shortly. Um, Excellent, and and this is about your life as a witch and as a sex worker. It's a sex positive podcast about witchcraft and art and sex work positivity with me, oh. the sex worker host. So yeah. Okay. Um so that one thing and, and I love how you included artistic. That was one thing I was thinking too about our interview last week is um you know, do you think that being a witch and a Muslim, do you think that affects your art? Um, I believe my art, yes, in a way, yes. Because my art, especially my films, are about experiences and about empathy. And I believe witchcraft and being Islam is is Muslim has helped me really connect to my empathy even more and also I have always been very introspective too as a child and that's that stems probably from um, my mental illness so I feel like I don't know all these things have connected you know Um, but witchcraft and um, has always really has always really, um, I don't know, me to be this empathic person. And that's what art is about, is empathy. Because I want I feel like this world has lost a lot of its empathy, you know? Definitely. I, I, I definitely think you're there. I agree with you there. And I think that we need to learn how to connect to other experiences other than I'm going to be honest, Dave, a white person's experience only. For me, like, I want to make work that connects to marginalized people, black, indigenous people of color, Arabs, Muslims of all races. You know, these these things need to be talked about. Um and understood, and like mental health, and these are things that I have experienced, and people who I want to be in the writer's room, who I want to pay, have experienced as well. I have no business writing about a black indigenous person of color experience, but I will hire someone I know to do it because I need to support my community. No, absolutely. And do you think? Do you think that maybe? Art is a language that breaks down things like, or in a language that can break down 
things like color barriers, gender barriers? Well, I think it can, I'm not, I think it can help it a lot. I think it helps start conversations in people's minds, especially with video, especially with film, especially with media. And that's where, where the politicians and the the people already in charge of Hollywood have it correct where they're they're controlling the narrative of our society already through media that is what I'm gonna do with good energy man think about it Uh, sending good energy through your art so other people could view it so they're only thinking positive thoughts about these people that's all I want. You know how much propaganda has made people not trust me because I'm Muslim? It's sad. I had a guy in 4th of July of this year profile me. It was the scariest thing I've ever experienced for a long time because of the energy. It's not just he did, but with the energy he sent me. It just made me realize that we are still in this fight for people like me to like, and I'm not even that Arab looking. I'm not, wait, I don't even know what they think. Like Princess Jasmine asks, like, I don't know what they're trying to see in me. And he said the most vile things that any could say to someone. You know, and I definitely... I'm sorry that you went through that. I really am. I mean that from my heart. All I can do, Dave, I appreciate that. But all I can do, Dave, is send him love and hope he heals. Because either something happened to him when he was capable and quote, I'll quote him. He said, that looked like me. And, um... He just has trauma, you know, because yeah. of what, because of our society and what we've built. And that's not, me. that was not me. That was the people in charge. And they are mostly blonde hair, blue eyed people. <laughs> like, I'm just. Do you think that, and I'm, again, I am absolutely sorry that you had to go through this and it just, you can't, I, I, I'm shaking here as, as, as we talk on this because it's making me so angry, but is it, was it maybe drawn to you because you had a spiritualism and that maybe some way down the road that maybe the you've affected him positively. We can only, we can only hope. That's all I can hope. Yeah, no, that's really all I can hope. But I, I, all I can send is good energy. Absolutely. Like that's literally all I can do. And I still, I mean, it still makes me cry. And it still triggers some some of my past stuff and my my own healing, but that's because I'm still healing from a lot of stuff that I've been that's been done to me because of the hatred of Muslims here in this country. Yeah. And like, it's like it's like wow, I do feel like what witches felt like in Salem times and what females felt like because they were just female being females during Salem because half of them who were killed weren't even prosecuted for being witches. They were just prosecuted for being female. Yeah. And I feel that. You know, and, and you're, I, when we were talking about when you were growing up, you know, I didn't realize until just right now. Yeah. How, how both, you know, Muslims and definitely historically witches, but even now they are seen as a, a, a a persecuted group. Yeah, people, the Proud Boys would kill me. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's just, I. It's just crazy. It's just crazy that we. Yeah. It's that's, but this, that's the thing. I all I can do is send out love to these people and hope from their yeah. their affliction of being racist. Yeah, and you know, I, oh, I maybe, no, maybe, absolutely. But maybe they, if someone tries to hurt me, I do believe. I have right to defend myself. Yeah. Right. Um, oh, absolutely. You know, and and w- with the Proud Boys, you know, I wrote a short story once where this 
this girl is talking to this guy about the Proud Boys, and she says, all you need to know about them is in their name. He goes, what, Proud? No, Boys. Uh, <laughs> I love it. That's you know, the, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Oh. The, the other thing, you know, you actually brought up a memory in me when you were talking about that. And, and, and I admit it, I, I am Caucasian. I mean, I'm maybe the most Caucasian person you know. <laughs> and I have a lot of Asian friends, and, and I have a lot of sympathy for what they go through. But the absolutely truth is I don't understand it. No, and so one of the things I did is when I was in college and I, I was a history major, I studied, you know, um, the Japanese internment. And, you know, I intellectually thought I understood this very well. But when I was in college, I went to a, a art um, at the show, which was paintings of one of the, the Japanese women drew while she was in the internment camp. And, you know, that affected, the art affected my heart. Um, and so, you know, mentally I understood, but it wasn't until I saw that art that I affected me in my, in my heart. And so I still, you know, I still don't, didn't experience what Asian Americans go through. But, well, the, but this lady's art allowed me to better understand it in a way reading several books and taking classes could. Really? Yeah, so I, I, I think that I think that, you know, I'm I'm you know, there's the you know, you, I'm sure you've seen that old picture of Woody Guthrie with a guitar during World War Two that says, you know, this 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 machine kills fascists. In a yeah. way, I think he was kind of naive to think that he could change everybody's heart with music. But, you know, he, you know, if you, if you bring one person's heart and takes them away from fascism with art, it's a better world. And That's what I think. But I'm not saying I can change everyone's heart. I don't believe that. I know I'm also a realist. But That's also- true. But I also believe I'm optimistic, too. I know that with love and sending out good energy and healing, when people are down to actually have conversations, when you're actually okay to have, like, a conversation, when they're not here to have, like, a yelly, like, angsty baby conversation, like a human adult conversation with emotions talking, because even children who know how to talk with their emotions can do that. You know, I know, you know what I mean? So I just like, I know like that can be had. I've heard it happen from a woman in the West West Westboro Baptist church Mm -hmm. where I'm from near where I'm from like that woman she went online and having conversations with multiple marginalized people that she was talking ill will of and it changed her life and it changed her mind and that's all I'm wanting that's all I'm asking is for a conversation because I see as a human rights issue with my art even like I'm just really trying to change the world and I know like even if I change it just a little bit at least I tried, man. At least I did it, man. And that's all I care about. Even when you- someone's going to hear this, that might help them, you know? Like, and I appreciate that because I'm just here surviving human life like everybody else, you know? Just living. <laughs> yeah. And do you see do you see your art as opening doors to that conversation? Yeah. I do. Um, I I really have a vision. I have very many visions for my art, and they're all gonna happen. And I know that even if I'm 105, I become discovered. At least, like I tried it. You know, at least I pushed myself. And I'm abundant, so that's all I believe in. And that's kind of like with my practice, you 
you have to manifest that part. And it can be harder. I have more privilege than other people because I think manifestation is really like law of attraction too can be like more based on privilege too. So, and I can say that I have a lot of privilege with being beautiful um, and being like a model person. I know that's off. I'm, I'm, no, but it, 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 yeah, no, true. it's true. Like I, I just took pictures and I'm like, yeah, I could model for, I could model for Fenty. I want to, that's the goal. Like that's one of my goals. I'm sending it out to the universe, you know? And with that beckons people listening to me more because what is clout, but privilege more. It's so stupid. <laughs> but you know, yeah, but you know, it's like anything else. If you use it for good, good exactly. can come out of it. I'm just, and I don't even want that much of it. I just want to like share some wisdom and help people with through experience. And then Dave's phone died. And that was the end of the conversation. Thank you so much, Mila Pixie Rose, for interviewing with David, uh, Farmer Dave. Uh, thank you so much, Dave, for doing the interview. And again, thank you for listening. And anyone, if you have a story out there that you want to tell, if you have something you want to talk about on the show, talk to us. We, we can squeeze you in somewhere i mean we're booked pretty solid right now but hey you know um 2001's coming up and yeah all right we'll talk to you soon and up next it's going to be D D on D D. you know after that amazing interview that dave did now you get to listen to me and dave talk about goblins and pumpkins woo <laughs> sorry Hey everyone, it's us, Dave and DB, talking about D&D. So, Dave, how's uh, how's your D&D these days? Well, uh, so I've, uh, I'm, I'm working on stuff. It, like I said, we have the, the group, but it's a little bit... Uh, I, I mean, it's great when we're doing, you know, mass and stuff, and it takes away a little bit. I think mm -hmm. the social distancing, you know... But it, it's there. But I, I'm going to be grateful when we can, you know, be back like the old days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, where, where you can use someone else's dice. Yeah. You don't have to wipe off your You know, <laughs> here, here's the D20, but you better wipe it off. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Yeah, it's... We were so naive. <laughs> that's one thing that's nice about playing D&D &D with you, Dave, is you always have, like, extra sets of dice and huge amounts of miniatures and extra books for people to use. And it's 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 nice to play with someone who not only prepares for themselves, but prepares for people like me who totally forget that it's D&D &D Day. <laughs> but, but what those listeners don't realize is that, that like, half those goblins... Uh, figures are, are like stormtroopers, so they don't always match. <laughs> no, no, they don't. They don't. But there's a lot of minis. There's a lot of minis. And sometimes it's Dungeons and Dragons. And sometimes, yes, it, it may be Star Wars minis. And yes, no, the goblins may all be uh, clone troopers. <laughs> yeah, but uh, what we wanted to talk about this time was uh, using gourds using pumpkins in your uh, Dungeons and Dragons. Any uh, any thoughts on that, Dave? So when we were discussing this, you know, in the, our meeting, we were sort of planning, you know, I was like sort of, oh, no, now I've got to come up with something. So I, I came up with some ideas, probably not as good as yours, but I got a few ideas. Sure. And so one, it's like when you're, you know, so one of the major things that kept native americans alive mm -hmm. you know was you know um, squash gourds you know rice and um and corn and, and i think you know that's just such a such a, a you know for food it provides so much calories and fiber and so you know when you're setting up camp and you're waiting to get to your dungeon you know, you always roll, and if they make a good enough survival, then, you know, you caught a squirrel or a deer mm -hmm, or something. Mm -hmm. But as a DM, instead, you know, give them, 
you know, squash. Ooh. Give them gourds. And what they could do is make a survival roll, and now they got something they can carry water in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One thing I was thinking of is a fun way to use squash or pumpkins, like specifically like pumpkins in uh, Dungeons and Dragons, would be to like have a memorable bar scene where it's like drinks or your your soup is served in like pumpkins, and it's like it's kind of this town's thing. It's like oh, we're the pumpkin town, and then put some like Doug twist on it. Why are they the pumpkin town? And you know you can figure that out, but like just kind of like have a town that's like oh yeah, we bake everything in pumpkins and we serve all of our food. Pumpkins and small pumpkins are what we drink out of. But so, so, and I was thinking that well, they could do something like that for the town. But what it is is that it wards off the undead. Ooh. So, so, so like if you're if you're you know the town's being invaded by zombies or something. So if you're bathed in like light, the light like gentle lanterns, then you, like your first attack. You're, you know, you don't want to make it too off, is with advantage. Mm -hmm. You know, give some or some sort of, you know, give them plus one armor class or plus one damage. You don't want to make it too powerful, but as long as the light of the pumpkin or light of the jack-o'-lantern is on you, uh -huh. you, you get an advantage. Ooh. But either if someone sneaks in, that's if they use, like, golden candles. Yeah, yeah. But if, if someone sneaks in, like, a black candle, uh -huh. then the undead gets an advantage. Ooh. Pumpkin Mancy. <laughs> the other thing I was thinking of was uh, I'm kind of ripping off from, I believe, uh, a book called The Hobbit. You may have heard of it. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I think didn't didn't that come out about the same time that um, oh, uh, uh, the sun also rises? Yeah, I think it also came out the same year as uh, Robot Monster, if I'm not oh, mistaken. Oh, you know what else? <laughs> it, it came out a couple years after Conan the Barbarian short story. Oh, I'm totally mixing up what year Robot Monster came out. I mean, uh, uh, when uh, The Hobbit came out. I was thinking it was 53 for some reason. 38. 38, geez. That's the a little... Book, the book came out in 1938. But the first of the Conan short stories were written in 1936. Gotcha, gotcha. But my thought was, um, instead of barrels, float down the river in pumpkins or get smuggled into a town inside of a giant pumpkin. You know, I, I, I like that. Yeah. Um, I actually thought a little bit different for hobbits. Ooh. Make their houses out of pumpkins. Ooh, or their armor. Like just giant, huge pumpkin, you know. Yeah. And, and even... You know, even a dwarf might have to squat down or something. But yeah, make their house out of lacquered pumpkins. Ooh, yeah. Or, like, butternut squash or, like, those weird decorative squashes that are all knobby and weird. Yeah, no, no. There's there's all kinds of things you could do with fey folk and pumpkins, I feel. And uh, I don't know. Like, and, and then I'm thinking, like, oh, yeah, you could, like, have, like, witch houses made out of pumpkins. Or uh, what about... A uh, pumpkin spider that goes... That looks like a jack-o'-lantern. You think it's a jack-o'-lantern? But it's some kind of monster, like a mimic or spider creature, possibly? Oh, a mimic pumpkin. Yeah. Or a pumpkin construct. Not like a jack-o'-lantern, necessarily, but a... I don't know, like a, a golem made of pumpkins. Pumpkin, huh? Yeah. <laughs> so the, the other thing I was thinking is like an undead, like a headless horseman. Ooh. Who has a pumpkin head. Yeah. Here, here, here's the thing. Yeah? You hit the body, and it's pretty much invulnerable. <laughs> but, you know, it's got one hit point to the head, but it's got to be a cult shot. Nice. Nice. And you got to figure it out. So at first, you know, you're just rolling. Okay, yeah, you know, maybe roll a d20, and, and you know, they got one, two. It's a headshot if it's not called or something. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, okay, you, uh, you're a nice magic sword bounced off the, the, the undead. Ooh, yeah, some sort of like phantasmal body, but the head's like the actual thing that can uh, be hurt and uh, will will stop it, kind of thing. Yeah, I don't know. Exactly. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Huh. Well, we haven't had any uh, suggestions come in yet for, uh, 
you know, what to talk about on D&D on D&D, and we haven't had any uh, people uh, share their ideas, but we would always love to hear your ideas and the kind of things that you like to do in your D&D game and uh, and anything we've talked about. Yeah. Yeah. So this is got to be sort of a silly game. Okay. But have you ever heard of Pumpkin Chunkin? Yes, I have. So you can put pumpkins on catapults. All right. We could combine some ideas. The characters could sneak into town in a pumpkin that is launched by a trebuchet. With um, you and me and who? <laughs> I don't know. So, yeah, that would have to be a silly... But, you know, actually, maybe not. Take a pumpkin, wax it up, fill it full of oil. Yeah. I mean, if if pumpkin's what you have, I mean... (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you know, one of those large pumpkins that we were talking about like you know like even like a uh, large prize winning pumpkins you see these days that it, are just these like massive things it's like putting one of those in a trebuchet and like launching it at a at, at, at a building i mean that's that's still gonna it's it's not gonna be like a boulder but it's, <laughs> it's... It, 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 it hit it with an enlarged spell and then shoot it off <laughs> Yeah. Still, still, it's 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 not going to be a boulder, but it's going to be something of size and mass being propelled okay. at you at a, at okay, a, a high speed. Silly. Yeah. I was silly. I went to Camelot. I was silly. All right. But so you were encouraging our our listeners before I drove them all off. Oh yeah, no, no, no. I was definitely saying uh, if you wanted to send in something, if we've talked about something and you want to be like, hey, something I have an idea about pumpkins or witches or goblins or when you talked about this or when you talked about that, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear your ideas. We'll read them. If you want to send in audio, we'll play audio. But yeah, no, um, just contact us and we'll get in touch. And best way to contact us would probably be through our Facebook page. So best way to get in touch with us is our Facebook page, which is KZOM KZOM 1130AM Oleander, Oregon. You can just type in KZOM, then the rest will start, just pop up on Facebook. And you can join our group and follow us and uh, find out what's going on the show and what will be coming up in the future. The worst way to uh, contact us is to write a message on a pumpkin and shoot it at us with a, a catapult. Yeah, yeah. Not only will we not write back to you, but we might shoot pumpkins back at you without messages. All right, that has been us this month, or uh, this week, I should say. For Radio Free Oleander, I have been DV, this guy over here. Who have you been? I am Farmer Dave. Farmer Dave. And we will join you next week where we will be probably talking about witches again and complaining. We may, we may, there, there's something, we may have a little bit change for you. Ooh. But, so there may be something, I won't spoil it, but uh, depending on, on the, yeah, listen in. Yeah, listen in. There'll be something at least. And we'll see you next time. Thank you again, everyone. Write us, contact us, rate, review, subscribe. Uh, Tell your friends about us. Find us on Facebook. Find us on... uh, What social media are you ignoring there, Dave? The Instantgram. The Instantgram. Uh, Dave's uh, doing the Instantgram, and I don't know. Do we have goat pictures on there, at least? There will be by next week. All right, all right. (laughs) okay but i am definitely keeping up the facebook page and uh you know pgttcm at pgttcm.com is still a thing uh pgttcm on twitter is still a thing and people's guide to the cthulhu mythos and black clock audio tales still have facebook pages that we release information on from time to time so you know still join up with those thank you so much for listening join us next time talking about witches don't know if we'll, we'll be talking about on D and D and and uh but one thing i have to say is farmer dave has really been reaching out to residents of oleander people in portland people all over the country for interviews so get ready for more interviews on this show there's going to be more interviews from uh farmer dave and everyone uh he wants to talk to you, so... 
and, you know. including a couple of international ones. Yeah, yeah. I mean, sure beats my uh, interview with the fake mayor, but you know. <laughs> All right, we'll join you next time, everyone, and stay safe. Watch out for railroad crossings, like every other podcast is saying, watch out for railroads. Uh, yeah, I mean, we've got the one, I think. Yep, and, and watch out for vaguely, vaguely feminine platforms that in the middle of the night. I generally do. <laughs> Thanks again, everyone. We'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you, everyone, once again for listening to Radio Free Oleander, a showcase of the best that Oleander, Oregon has to offer, and around Oregon, and around the nation, and heck, if we feel like it, maybe even around the world. So, send in some tapes, or audio, files, or something in a pneumatic tube, we'll get to you, we'll talk to you. Track down David Heath on Facebook to get... You know, more information, because uh, that DB guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Thank you. Radio Free Oleander, in your freaking ears. <laughs>